Welcome to episode four of Monochrome Music Media. Today I've got a very special guest, got Matty from Decay. Do you want to just tell us what you do in Decay? Yeah, so I'm, um, I'm the bassist, the forgotten member. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, but nah, nice one for having me on, Jamie, I appreciate it. Thanks very much for coming on, man. So obviously we're doing this at 2am, uh, that's, a, that's a vibe, isn't it? <laughs> a few drinks in, a few rums in, but yeah, we're doing it good, doing it the right way. Exactly, man. So, yeah, thanks again for coming on. So, also, first off, I just want to touch on like your history in the band and just like the band in general. Do you want to just tell us a little bit about that? Yeah, I mean, I was almost a latecomer, really. I mean, um, so obviously, I played bass in a band called The K. Um, before that, prior, we were a band called Pine, um, which I was not really a part of, but I did join them in the later stages of what Pine was, I suppose. Um, you know, the bassist left on good terms. I was good mates with the bassist too. And um, I kind of messaged them all. I wanted to be a part of the project. They were good lads. I got on with them all. And um, yeah, we kind of got a couple of months playing gigs as pan. And then we thought, we're going to change the name, change the project, delete all the songs, start again. And um, the K was born, I suppose. Um, and yeah, you know, we've We've not done too bad since then, I suppose. You know, we've. Um, I think you guys have done great. Yeah. We've, we we want to do better, as everyone does. You know, I suppose. But um, I can't complain at all. It, we've done better than what I ever thought I would. In all fairness, so, um, yeah, it's 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 been a great experience. In all fairness. Yeah, also you guys have um. Again, the Liverpool scene's been a really vastly different one from I remember when I got there. Obviously. Um, yeah. I don't think you guys were really around when I lived there. I was 16, so that would have been like six years ago or something. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We were, yeah. I don't even think Pine was a thing at the time. Yeah, so. exactly. Like, <laughs> yeah. It's a very different scene now. But, you know, you guys have got a decent discography under your belt, I'd say, given the yeah, time, I mean, you know? we, We've been helped a lot by when we did become Decay, we quite quickly got signed to Fox Records, which was a massive help because they did, finance the recordings for the EP, the album that we put out, which is, I'm sure you know yourself, as a small mm-hmm. band, that's the most, it's the hardest part to find oh, the money. Yeah, it, it's an expense for sure, especially like if you're working with a good producer. Exactly, which we did in, in all honesty. I mean, I always say this about the, the fellow who recorded and produced us. It was a laddie in Sandler um, who lives down south, Kentways, who's a absolute genius i mean he has to take credit for a lot of the more small details in the songs i mean every time we went there for the ep and the album he just i don't know he added a lot to the songs a hell of a lot to the songs and i i can't take away his i i would feel uncomfortable recording with anyone else you know i'd say it that way he's yeah really good guy really good atmosphere too i mean you know i don't know if you've had this experience yourself jamie but 
sometimes it can be a pressurised environment, you know, because you're not time. Especially you're working on, yeah, when you're working on a time constraint and stuff, it can be really tough because like, I've got to get these harmonies done. I get exactly. And when it's not your money sorts. too, you know, it's even more pressurised because you're thinking, God, you know, I'm not paying for this stuff. So, <laughs> you know, it can be quite a lot more difficult. But no, he was, he was great because he, it doesn't just make you feel, you know, confident in what you're doing, but he also pushes you to make it that there's little noodles in just a baseline for me, example, which people mightn't really even hear when they listen to it. But for me, I listen back to the songs and I think it changes the whole dynamic, right? And it might just be an octave. It might just be one little note or a little slide. But as a person recording it, it just changed the whole dynamic. So, um, yeah. Big up Ian Sadler. He's an absolute fucking genius. Do you know what I mean? He's a um, good man too. Really sound guy. I'm I would recommend sure. any... Go on, sorry. I, um, I read an interview about the album and he's worked with quite a few like decent bands, hasn't he? Yeah, um, I know he recorded a few of Rome's um, EPs. Mm-hmm. Um, them first ones. Coast to Coast too, which you... you know, I know is, yeah. Yeah, on the same label. They're not a band now, unfortunately. But... Um, to this day, probably the best band I've seen laugh. I mean, I, I actually didn't great. know they uh, they didn't didn't know the split because I know uh, obviously during like the first proper lockdown they put out an acoustic EP or something, didn't they? Yeah, they've just released another three songs now, but um, they were the almost send off songs, right? So, uh, um, yeah, I I, I, I c- couldn't comment on it because you know I, I'm not too yeah, sure behind the scenes, but they were probably the first band in my experience of being in that scene that were not just welcoming, but I, I, I can't really give them enough credit. I mean, the incredible musicians. I mean, I, I was on a podcast the other week and I said this on that podcast, but um, the bassist, Zach Taylor, incredible musician. I mean, he has a lot of solo stuff too. Anyone listening to this, definitely check out Zach Taylor's solo stuff because he's a he's a genius. I mean, he deserves a lot more plays than what he's got at the moment. He's, I'll, uh, I'll make sure to plug that in the description and stuff anyway. But yeah, That's definitely, cool. definitely. But yeah, you know, I'm I'm gutted. We're probably right now the only active band on the label at the moment. So um, we're trying to fly the flag for Fox, <laughs> so to speak. Uh, I don't know. I think he's done a pretty solid job of that. Obviously, with the album and stuff, the album's been really well received obviously getting on dreambound and stuff that is a uh, that's massive yeah that was very last minute too in all fairness i mean we didn't find out until the day that we were getting released on there um, i got told about 11 in the morning and we were getting released on dreambound at night and I, <laughs> fuck me man and like my head fell off i was like what dreambound that's insane i mean it, it, on youtube it's the most plays we've had on a song and we 35k I think it's on yeah, uh, Sutton's Misery far more than what I would ever expect any song I was a part of to have do you know what I mean so it's uh, yeah no it's been insane the comments on the video too on that team bound I mean they were so so nice like people saying about how don't know we are love the sounds all this kind of stuff it's, it's always nice to hear always yeah, like obviously you look at the the caliber of bands that are on that channel as well. Like you got Noya, Casey being the yeah. big one, uh, Captives. They're also huge. There's loads. So yeah, definitely. And um, I'll also put that in the description. Don't worry. Make sure people go and check that out because if people aren't at least on Dreambound, they should go and listen to Misery. It's one of my personal favorites from the album. I appreciate it. I mean, you know, we were speaking just earlier, weren't we? I mean, I know there was a few songs I personally felt that were kind of misses on the album i felt like they were i don't want to put it down maybe 
one or two of them a little bit of filler. But on the whole, I was quite happy with the finished product. I have to admit, though, maybe a little bit controversial. I was, I think, um, you know, REP, Modern Conversation, I think that's a more well-rounded, um, with a better sound to it. But, you know, you live and you learn, and we are working on some new stuff now. We're trying to branch out of that kind of title fight, basement sound. We're kind of wanting to do something, maybe something a little bit different, you know, in all yeah. fairness, because... Um, I think that's important. I always refer back to artists like Bowie and um, Pixies and, you know, bands like that where they never really, even Bring Me to Horizon, you know, to some extent where they don't stick to one kind of sound. You know, it's important to branch out and just try different stuff. And the thing that we always, as a band, agree on, I think, is you've got to do it for yourself. Right, you know, you, you you can't do it just to get numbers and get streams and get plays. You've just got to do it because you like the sound of what you're making. You know, that's what the most important thing is, I think. Yeah, I mean, that obviously, the bands that I've spoken to so far have all very much said the same thing. It's like, uh, you don't yeah. want to box yourself in because that's not really no. what it's about. It's about just doing something that sounds good to you, feels right. And, of course, experiment. Like, you're still a young band to be honest you know you've got a small band too you know we have that credit i think where as a small band you could you can get away with experimenting more because i think at a certain level there's a pressure to still not always but i feel like there's a pressure to deliver to what the expectations you've built up yeah right so i think we need to take full advantage of the fact that we're still relatively speaking quite a small band i mean there'll be plenty of people that would look at us and go oh you know I wish we could do X and Y and Z what you've done, but I try not to take almost any notice of that in a sense because it's meaningless. You know, these little these little wins, it, it means for all, in my opinion. I don't think it means anything. I think the only time it means something is when you've got, well, like I said to you, the things that mean more to me is less about plays or streams or likes or shit like that. It's more... For example, when I seen you tweeting about us, someone I didn't know, and you know that that to me meant a lot more than X amount of streams we've got or how well the album was received and stuff like that. You know, as nice as all that stuff is, yeah. Um, you know, I wouldn't say meaningless, but I think there's stuff that's more important. If you get what I mean. Yeah, I think that that's a big part of music. Obviously, with live music, obviously we're missing that a lot now. But like foreign connections with people that yeah. is such a massive part of it and you can look at you know say 10k streams 20k streams 100k streams but it's it's nothing if you can't put a face to the people that are listening exactly to music. it means a lot more so, yeah. i mean the fact that we're chatting you know over zoom right now on a podcast it wouldn't have happened if we unorganically just pushed a load of bots to listen to our songs right do you know what i mean like it, it just wouldn't have happened it's important to do it organically. And if there is anyone listening who's fucking, you know, thinking about starting a band and doing stuff like that, that would be the only thing I would ever say to anyone who's starting a band. Do it organically because, you know, 2,000 themes organically means more than 50,000 themes via bots and via paying for the shit, yeah. you know, in any sense of the word. It might not feel like that way when you're not at that point, but it does because you'd always want more, you know, even in our position. I look at us and think I want more. And I think if even if we were on hopeless records and we had millions of streams, I would still want more. 
Do you know what I mean? It's the way it works. You're never going to be satisfied about these petty kind of likes, streams, these kind of things. You know, you're always going to want more in, you know, in, in any sense of the word. Yeah, definitely. Like, uh, obviously, we spoke a lot about, about like PR releases and stuff like mm-hmm. that, and they can be great for obviously, you know, gathering streams and traction and stuff. But there's got to be, I guess, an emotional vulnerability with the delivery of what you've got. You can't just be like, no, stru- no song stream now. Definitely you know, not. Like, and yeah, I mean, like that's what. Got to be personal. I, definitely, I I don't like write the lyrics to our songs. Obviously, it's um our lead singer Danny, but. That's one of my favorite things about the songs we write. It's when I listen back to the lyrics, when I listen back to the songs, I mightn't have wrote it, but it's something that is not just to him, but it's a worldwide thing where it's deeply personal, right? And it's something that people on some level can relate to. And to me, as you say, that's more important than any number of things. I mean, if you try and do it with a view to get you know, X amount of plays, you, you've set yourself up to fail in, in every sense of the word. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, like one opinion. thing I actually noticed about like the album in particular, weirdly, I obviously have some favourite songs, tends to be the heavier songs for the most part, just personal yeah. taste. But the part in 23 that's really kind of more stripped, I think that's the most haunting part of like the whole album, the closer, you know, where it's just, it's really, everything just kind of dies down for a little bit for, you know, full band comes in again. That, is deeply intimate. Yeah, that was that was not really an accident, really, because we wanted to get a mix of them softer kind of songs. So you've got songs like Staring at the Sun, even Empty Feeling, these kind of songs where it's not quite that raw, punky, you know, in your face kind of, in, this, in the way that Misery is or Ache is or these kind of songs. And I think 23 was probably the only example of that as you say, that raw, stripped-down kind of sound, I suppose. And we wanted to kind of hit without without kind of trying to just jump into 10 different genres on an album. We wanted to just, I don't know, maybe make, make some songs a bit more radio-friendly, maybe make some f- songs a bit more accessible because as much as you're not doing it for other people, you want people to who are not necessarily into that emo-y, post-hardcore kind of heavy genre we want it to be accessible you know we want people to discover say staring at the sun and go oh yeah that's you know a tune of life and then maybe listen to other songs on the album and listen I don't know it's not going to be to everyone's taste and I accept that and I wouldn't expect it to be too you know I actually really really enjoy the criticism more than I enjoy the compliments because it's fucking so important that someone goes actually that's shite you know, in, in a way, uh, I know that's not the most constructive thing someone can say, but I just think it's important that you have that brutal honesty. I mean, you know, I get it from me, me close friends all the time where they're not afraid to go, actually, that doesn't sound very good. This doesn't sound very good. And I, people take it to art sometimes. I don't really. I think it's a good thing. I think it's a important aspect to have when you're in a band. You need people in there to go, actually, that's shite. That doesn't work. This doesn't yeah, work. Yeah, I, I guess yeah. the term would be you don't just need people blowing smoke up your ass because you want to be better. Yeah, that's the, I think blowing smoke up your ass is like the worst thing it, for me, anyways. I don't know about you, but it's the most off-putting thing when I meet someone. Yeah. You know, uh, thankfully it's few man. and far between, but it puts me off a person if I feel like they're just going. I and you can tell the difference between a genuine compliment and what 
mm-hmm. someone's just almost trying to gain, right? And yeah, right. If you turn around and show your family member a song, they're not going to be like, oh, that's kind of shit, you know? Yeah, it's fair enough. Yeah, I like it. You know, it, it it sounds a bit weird to say, but I think that's more, it's more real than someone just saying, oh, every song you've ever done is great. And don't get me wrong, people will have that opinion, and I love that. It's great. It's, you know, it's a really nice thing to hear, and I, I'm not discrediting that, but I think the point I'm trying to make is that, you know, blowing smoke up someone's ass just doesn't help them, just doesn't help anyone. You know, it makes you look like a twat, and it also... <laughs> doesn't help us musically i suppose you know yeah exactly it doesn't really help you grow yeah that's perfect though man i get that like obviously you guys will be working on new music at various yeah. points through lockdown and stuff so um hopefully we'll get well, to hear some of that soon we've got um, a tape coming out um, it's a repressive modern conversation and um, just to we as a band we all kind of felt that modern conversation was because it was so early in our career as a band it was almost swept under in comparison yeah, slept on in comparison to the album yeah because yeah. it definitely has its bangers like obviously everybody probably knows slow decline because that's the song that got the most attention yeah even to this day i think it's got the most plays really um ironically it's i think it's actually i, I don't wrong, I like the tune in all fairness but it's probably my least favorite song on the ep <laughs> which do you think yeah, that's all... just for um i don't know like maybe hearing it more than the other songs because the people around definitely. you definitely yeah, it's not that I'm like I, I like the song. I, I just um it was the one that we did a music video about. I'm kinda of notorious in the band for not being very good with music videos. I don't like them. I don't like um I don't mind doing the podcast. There's nothing worse than getting a camera shoved in your face to highlight all of your oh, insecurities, mate. man. Honestly, <laughs> it's it, I mean, the way we shot slow the clan too. I mean, the lad who shot it, Matty Daly, genius, like really good um we've actually got a reshape of the band at the moment and i don't know if i'm allowed to say this but um he's potentially going to be the drummer hopefully fingers crossed Yo, don't worry um, if it's not all right then i'll cut it <laughs> <laughs> no but um he's um you know he, he, to be fair to him he dealt, he always said i'm the worst person that he's ever had to deal with in a shoot because i'm so um <laughs> You know, I, I don't like the camera, man. I just don't like the camera. I mean, like I said, I don't mind it in a podcast format because I'm quite a chatty guy. You know, I can bounce off that kind of feeling. But when someone wants me to look kind of cool, you know, it's <laughs> it's out of my comfort zone almost. It's um, the same thing I struggle with playing live. You know, it's an intense thing. It's I'm sure you get it yourself. Band photos is yeah, a good example man. of it. Yeah. <laughs> no, and you're just like stood there and you're like, what the fuck do I do with my hands? I don't normally exactly, have to pose. Man. I'm not yeah. a model. <laughs> I'm an emo musician. I, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I think also I worry a lot about, you know, who's walking past, you know, in just kind of like um, a general sense. And I, I always <laughs> think in my head, yeah, like what the fuck are they thinking? Like they probably looking at me thinking, ah, oh, we think he's fucking the shit and all this, blah, 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 which is not the case. Scouts you know? Justin Timberlake over here. <laughs> yeah, Tighten exactly. <laughs> his chin to the sky. Yeah, exactly, exactly. No, but yeah, no, it's been good though. It's been good. I, you know, I can't complain. I mean, I was kind of out the music scene for a few years. I did actually gig with another band when I was about 12, 13. And then um, I had a few years where I just kind of, in all honesty, just fucking sat around smoking weed, playing video games. I didn't do anything with my life, really. I was a bit of a boring bastard. Um, and then I think I was in, like, my second year of uni. I um, broke up with the girl, and then I kind of went, you know what, I'm going to pick up the bass again, start playing again. 
And that's kind of when I went, got back into music. And, you know, I wouldn't look back now because it's just, I don't know, the greatest thing on any level, though, whether you're big or you're small. I just think it's amazing. It's just a good outlet, I think. Yeah, that's the best part of it. Like, anybody can do it if they have the means, I guess. Literally yeah. anyone can do it. Yeah, yeah. And fucking, like I say, anyone listening, don't be sat there thinking you can't do it because if I can do it, as you say, anyone can fucking do it, man. Any, Literally anyone can do it. Well, that's the thing, man. Like, I tell people I started learning to sing about two months before I formed the tear. So <laughs> I couldn't you've sing. Good, you've got a good set of pipes on you too, man. You <laughs> have very a good much, set man. of pipes, man, yeah. I'm jealous of that. Like, I'm, singing doesn't come, um, you know, it doesn't come naturally to me at all. And in all fairness, I couldn't do it. I don't have the confidence to be a front man. I mean, I'm in awe of Danny the lead singer of our band because fucking hell the confidence he shows on stage is cool like it's just nice like he's very much um, I think that's a front line thing he's very much a character I guess it sounds dumb but you can kind of tell just by how someone carries herself I think what's ironic though I mean we speak about this a lot you know within the band outside of a gig you know playing live I'm the most chatty out of all of us right you know I'm He's the last person, and he'll say this himself, has a lot of anxieties. He doesn't like to meet new people, doesn't like to speak to loads of people. But once he gets on that stage, he's a different animal, you know. And it's, you know, in a way, it's really impressive to see because it you, you're witnessing someone overcoming them anxieties that they clearly face in a day-to-day life. And it's shit that I can't relate to, really, you know, not not in the same way. And it's, it's cool to see, you know, he, he, it's not just getting into it, he, he really believes in it. I mean, he's out of all of us, I think he's probably the most driven and the most, you know, well, in all fairness, the all are, I'm probably the most laid back, in all fairness. <laughs> I'm the one who probably takes a backseat, which is, um, you know, which is, you, you need different, we spoke yeah, about this. You, you need yeah. different like types of people in a band. Like, and that's the thing, when you're in a car, man, you've got somebody driving, you've got and other people in the passenger seat, you know? You all have different roles too, I think. I mean, you know, I know for myself, I kind of put myself in the role of someone who doesn't take it as too serious, but it's not that I don't believe in what we're doing. It's more of the fact that, you know, I like to just take that backseat. Whereas you've got someone like Danny who does take it really serious, who does care about how we come across. And, you know, I'm sure if you watch this in, you know, this kind of, podcast the interview thing back he'll probably see fucking 10 things that i've said and go no don't say that don't say that you know because <laughs> he's really conscious of how we come across whereas i kind of have that mindset of a far you know fuck it you know say what yeah. i say as we spoke about bit too honest for my own good i suppose well don't worry if he's got any problems that uh, said he can come on and correct them <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah for sure for sure <laughs> this is why i'm kind of kept in the background gentlemen <laughs> <laughs> That's cool, man. No, but that, that's the best part, right? When you've got diff- different types of people bouncing off of each other, obviously. But like, on the Important. topic of that, like, yeah, exactly. Like, on the topic of that, obviously, um, do you guys, would you say, have a certain type of ethos or mantra as a band? Is it like, something you'd say you're trying to portray through it? Um, I, I think actually, you know, to, almost in an opposite way to that, I think the reason that we work so well is we don't, not one of us really, thinks too highly of what we do and not to our detriment we all we're all confident in what we do we love what we do but we've never to this point got 
to a situation where we thought that we're better than someone who's maybe not quite done what we've done, right? Like, we don't really look down on other bands who maybe aren't on a label because, to me, that would be something that would make me leave a band. If I got the sense of an elitism or... The only mantra, I suppose, that we do have is we want to make music for us and we want to make music because we enjoy doing it and I think I could speak for all of us in the sense if it ever got to the point where any one of us felt like we were pushing some kind of image or look or this kind of set in stone thing to me that would be something that would put me off completely I I, I can't really handle stuff like that because it just feels so disgenuous and so dishonest and Listen, like I know it has its place and it has its benefits, but I'd rather be an unsuccessful band with doing something that we enjoy doing rather than try and push something that we think would be successful, if you get what I mean. Oh, yeah, and yeah, yeah. We do it because we enjoy it. That's the only reason we do what we do. You know, we don't make any money off it. We've never made any money off it. And I couldn't care less about us being a successful band. You know, if that ever happened, that's a fantastic thing to come off the back of what we've done. But for me personally, and I know for the rest of the lads, it's just not important, really. Our mantra is do it for ourselves, and that's it. You know, we I think we, that's we, the best way to be, man. Like, um, I think I've already said this before, uh, speaking to one of the other bands, but it's just a statement that, like, through art, we are all equals, you know? Definitely, definitely. And I think it's the most, I think it's, you know, in my opinion, anyways, not on turns me off a band more than when I get the feeling after being in any sense patronizing or looking down on someone. I, I think I, it doesn't matter how big you are as a band. I would be, for example, you know, say if I got off the tour with a fucking world famous band, you know, everyone knew them. If I felt like they looked down on us, fuck them. I, 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 I wouldn't want to do that shit and it doesn't really matter about what it, we could gain from it I've got my own ideals and models you know and I, I don't really put up with that shit I've only actually I'm not going to name any names on that but I've only had one experience of a band where I felt that way and I found it quite hard to not just fucking <laughs> you know I actually uh, once we finish recording I'll give you a story but I'm, I'm not airing a dirty laundry out on on the podcast yeah, but no, oh, same, yeah. <laughs> nah no you know I, I'm the same really because it's I'm not here to fucking slag people off on that but at the same time it's my biggest gripe it, and it's something that would instantaneously put me off a band you could be fucking Muse you too you could be Coldplay I don't give a fuck who you are if you look down on me you're a wanker you're not into me <laughs> and you know it might sound stupid to say but that's that's the way I view it because I know for a fact if I was on, say, a neck deep level, I would never look down on a band. And I, I don't know. Do you know what I mean? Like, if, if if I see a band do maybe only have a few hundred plays, if I like the shit, you know, I couldn't give a fuck about the streams or how many people to get to a show. If I like it, I'm going to treat them just the same as us because I think, like I mentioned to you, Jamie, the point I always make is plays and streams, it's say half of it is good music half of it is like you know that kind of thing but a big majority too is good luck and good PR you know 
if you have good PR behind you and a good bit of luck where the right person is, yeah, you're going to do well. But that doesn't mean you're necessarily a better band. I mean, let's compare the tier to the K. I mean, I wouldn't sit here and turn around and go, oh, yeah, the K are fucking 10 times better tier because that's just not true. It's, 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 it's not true at all because the fact is we've been lucky enough to have a label that's pushed enough money to give us the PR to record our stuff on a fantastic production level. Now, that's a privilege in any sense of the word. And it's not reflective of our ability. We've just been lucky enough to be given that opportunity. And there's thousands of bands, in my opinion, that go completely under the radar with maybe even 10, 15 themes. I spoke before the theme, oh, earlier on, sorry, about Zach Taylor, who doesn't get half as much themes as what he deserves. Is he a bad musician? Is he a bad songwriter? No, he's one of the most talented people I've ever met in my life, you know, ban on. But, you know, we've just had the credit of having a PR pushing. So I don't think that's that's the a long-winded way to say it, I suppose. But that's the um, man to me. You shouldn't be looking down on no bands, maybe, if they aren't doing as well as you, because it means for all. You know, it's luck and it's PR. That's what it comes down to. I definitely think that's one that's going to help you guys as well going forward, like staying humble and stuff. Obviously, you're going to make more useful connections, not just because you need to make connections, just because that's how it happens when you treat people with respect and dignity. Yeah, I mean, you know, the way I look at it too, I was kind of raised by my dad in this kind of mindset. I was even in a pub, you don't know who you're speaking to, right? And me having that mindset, say, for instance, me and you speaking and being, you know, get on really well, and having a good relationship. For all I know, you could be, and this isn't the reason why, but I'm just kind of making the point of you need to go through life with that mindset because for all I know, in five years, you could be in a fucking world-famous band. You know, you could be in this absolute powerhouse of a band. And if I would have initially, when we spoke, seated you like a cunt and kind of went... Oh, you know, fuck them. It's you know, they're not they're not quite enough. and all this kind of elitist shite. Mm-hmm. Then it's a detriment to not just you as a person, but any opportunity that could potentially come up to you know. And again, I to, I don't want to sound fucking preachy in that, but if for anyone who is in a up and coming band or whatever it might be, I think that's something that you need to stick with. And if there is anyone in your band who has that different mindset, fuck them off, stay away. Get, get them out that band as quick as possible. I mean, I was in a band before the K, which um, is a lad. He's called Will. I went to uni with him. Fantastic songwriter. I mean, it's actually a shame he's not had any success with being in a band because he's actually one of the best songwriters I've ever met in my life. He's incredible. But I left that band because the drummer, the drummer was a wanker and he was elitist he looked down on people and I thought you know what fuck yeah like it's not it's not worth me at all and I couldn't care less where they went on to after that it just that's not what I'm about I, 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 could, I couldn't abide by that you know if you get what I mean yeah definitely like uh, I, I've stumbled upon a fair amount of musicians you know been studying music for a long time now like five years of my life so I get that man it's these people come and go these people usually go rather than come and stay definitely um, and no one's bigger than what you're doing too. I mean, you know, as we've spoke about as a band, we had a situation where we had to kick a lad out who was the primary songwriter. And, you know, it, was, it wasn't it was up for discussion yet, as it made it a bit harder, for sure. But he's not bigger than the band, you know, in, in no sense of the word. We 
we're going to be fine because, you know, we're going to draw together and we're going to fucking chip in all as one. No one's bigger than a band in the same sense of when you look at, say, as an analogy, you look at, say, like a football team and you think, you know, no one's bigger than the football team. It's that same kind of mindset. This kind of stuff isn't important. It's the, the, the only important thing about being in a band is pulling together, having the right mindset and doing it the right way, you know, and being being grounded. I think, and it, it is hard to be grounded sometimes. I mean, I know we got played on the BBC and fucking my ego went, you know, I've, and I had to kind of take myself down a step and go, actually, it means fuck all. It means fuck all, you know, this kind of thing. But that's my mindset. And I think it's important to carry that through no matter what, incredible things you might end up doing you need to also take yourself down a peg and be surrounded by people that will take you down a peg too and go actually you're not all that you're you're a nobody in in a sense the word if you get what I mean you know no one gives a fuck what you're doing and I think that's important to remember no one cares about you no one cares about your music no one owes you nothing you've got to do it for yourself yeah definitely that's the main thing man like um, obviously it's going to give you guys more opportunities in the future going forward as well because people hold a high opinion of you. Yeah, I hope yeah. so. You know, I do, I, you know, and in the same sense, though, if it doesn't, then so be it. You know, I'd, I'd rather, like I say, I'd rather be unsuccessful with that mindset than uh, be successful with the um, the opposite mindset, I suppose. Yeah, definitely. I agree, man. So that's great. But um, moving on, like, obviously, you guys have worked with a few creatives, it's fair to say. You know, like you know, with your artwork or you know, photography, yeah. that kind of stuff, music videos and recording. Is there like anybody that you've really, really enjoyed working with that you know it's just kind of been essential to the band? Yeah. So I mean, in terms of, like photography, we've had the same photographer throughout the whole of our um, decay lifespan, so to speak. Um, a lad called um, David Kuzak, who's um, a mate of the band. He's um, someone as a collective we've all known for a, a number of years. And pardon me. <laughs> um, what was um, really nice about it, I suppose, he started off with us quite inexperienced, almost learning, you know, just like we were. And it was cool because we kind of went on the same path where as we improved, he also improved. Now he's at the point where I would be happy to recommend him to any band that was after photography. I've seen um, some of his work actually on his Instagram. It's really good. Does a lot of black and white shots and stuff, doesn't he? Yeah, which I Very mean, good. if you go back two years ago, it, it's not that it was bad work at all because it, it, it's always impressed me. But it's just cool to see how much, how much he's improved within himself. And I, I suppose the cool thing is that's going to only save him better in his own kind of creative sense without the band too so you know when he does go to work with other bands which I hope he does and um, because he is so far being pretty limited to just us and um, which is unfortunate really I mean you know for his own sake because I-, I want him to branch out and I want him to go and meet a load of new bands and do his own uh, shit kind of thing yeah um but yeah beyond Kuzak um who you know for sure he's on Twitter I think it's Kuzak Photography I'll have to fact check that we'll I'll throw That's the link. I, I have a lot of work and you know I'll make sure to plug everybody you've mentioned. Yeah, yeah, um yeah he, beyond him, um Ian Sadler for sure. 
Um, I have to give a quick mention to Bob Cooper in Leeds, who recorded our demo EPs before we um, actually recorded the full EP. Um, it, it, it wasn't fully quite the sound, which is not a discredit to him. I mean, he's a fucking fantastic at what he does, and he's a really nice guy too. I have a lot of time for Bob Cooper, um, but I feel like um, we, meant, we were speaking about it earlier. Ian Sadler, who did our EP and our album, genius i mean I, I i've got nothing but respect for the fella um if there's an if there's a band out there with the, the money spare to record with someone and um, you know as a reference point we traveled all the way from the northwest of england to the fairest kind of southwest you can get and um, just to record with this guy it was a all around five six hour journey um, and we stayed in a caravan <laughs> in the um, time we were recorded and it was hell but I would do it all over again because the man is a genius in every sense of the word. I mean, he doesn't just record well. He also, his input is, has and is so important to the sound we have. We wouldn't have that sound without Ian Sadler. And that's just a fact. He should be credited as one of the writers. You know, he, he really should be. He did more than what I did for the band in every sense of the word. Uh, you know, I don't say that lightly. I, I don't say that lightly at all. Um, but yeah, they're the two that stand out. Um, Kuzak, for sure, as the photographer, he stuck with us the whole time. Um, good, I say, good friends of the band. We play a lot of games with them. He's improved so much too. And if there is any bands watching this who are looking for photographers in the Northwest, hit him up. He's worth it. And he's you know relatively low charge considering what he does you know I, if i was him i'd charge a hell of a lot more hell of a lot more um and beyond that ian sadler who's out of my price range personally <laughs> but um you know he, he's cool he's a cool guy and um he also lives in a lovely part of kent which is um, a nice bonus yeah absolutely man i mean i'm sure that was a really cool experience though like actually just going away and recording opposed to you know working with someone in liverpool or manchester or whatever yeah we had a honest to god it was like as a band it was like almost a bonding experience because you know we the over the ep like i say we stayed in a caravan which was so cool i mean a lot of fun i won't go into them too much because i don't want to fucking <laughs> make a salad <laughs> that's totally but, fair man that's totally yeah fair. I but, that, um, we went up to um, Dundee to record uh, our upcoming uh, release, and it's just cool getting away with you know your your bandmates, your friends, and just you know, you really get to know each other a bit more when you're kind of close quarter. Definitely, well, it's a different relationship. I think you know the bandmates you have to any other mates you've got because it's almost that kind of relationship that you have to have with a, a girlfriend. Almost, you know, it's like where... it's like raising a kid together. Yeah, yeah, yeah. definitely, yeah. and. You know, we piss each other off. You know, I'm I'm the worst for getting annoyed. I get wound up all the time. That's why they do it because they know I get wound up so easy. <laughs> um, but it, you know, it, it it was cool to do because it showed the strength in us as a band, if you get what I mean, and the connection that we had. I mean, the connection I've got with them lads is beyond, you know, anything really. That they are we're, we're very different people in every sense of the word, all of us are very different people. And I think that's what impresses me the most, that we all have that common interest and we all kind of pull together when we absolutely need to. I mean, for the album, this might make me sound the most unprofessional person in the world, but I couldn't play um, eight of the 10 songs before 
we came to Kent to record it. <laughs> I had to learn them in that week. And, um, you know, I, I, normally I'd be absolutely fucked. I'd be absolutely in the cold almost. But it was only the fact that I was so conscious of what it meant to the rest of the lads that we pulled together. And I just thought, right, fuck it, I'm going to have to crack these out. And I actually got it recorded in about a day and a half in the end, all 10 songs, which, you know, for me, I was almost impressed by myself. <laughs> um, <laughs> I didn't think that was going to be something that I could do, you know what I mean? So um, that was cool. It's cool. It, it, it's cool to get away from everything too and, you know, have a little bit of time together. As you say, you, you, you get to know each other a bit better. And I, I love all the lads. Absolutely love all the lads. I mean, Nathan, Toby, Danny, I won't talk about new members, but, um, you know, all of them, we are very different, but I love them to bits. They're like brothers to me, really. They really are. Yeah, that's the best part, man. It is very much like a family. It's funny you mentioned having songs last minute because um, <laughs> when we were recording our lead guitarist was like writing a tapping part for a song at three in the well, morning and we had to be up at like 10 to go and record it, man. Bands are honestly something else sometimes, aren't they? I'll have to cut this if you don't mind, but I'll tell you yeah, just a quick story one. about fucking when we were doing the um, the album. We were, um, we were yeah, I'll, I'll pause the recording, okay? I'll go and go. Right. <laughs> we're back. Yeah, we're back. <laughs> Quick intermission. Quick intermission. Oh, yes. Just what happens, man. You're just sitting there with a water bottle right next to you. <laughs> Neither pissed, don't you? Neither pissed, <laughs> yeah. man. <laughs> uh, well, anyway, the next topic I've got to cover anyway is just like, you know, gig and tour experiences. Obviously, you guys have played Glasgow, which obviously we were talking about before this with Static Dress, which is. I know. Um, they were probably quite a new band when you guys played with them, but. They're massive now, aren't they? Safe to say. I mean, that was their first tour um, when we played with them, but I don't take anything away from that. I mean, I was a bit, I hate to say it, a bit starstruck, really. I mean, they were, they were that kind of band. We had a, so the way it worked, we played three shows, which was Glasgow, Leeds, and um, Liverpool, right? In Glasgow, they were the headline. In Leeds, they were the headline. But in Liverpool, they kind of gave us the headline because it was our hometown show. But they were annoyingly one of them bands where when they were second on, I was watching them in Liverpool going, how the fuck are we meant to compete with this? This is insane, <laughs> you know? But they're so good. They're so, so good. And, you know, what was cool about them too, um, I remember speaking to the bassist, his name escapes me now, unfortunately, but really down to earth guys, like really, really down to earth guys too. And, um, they, they kind of had it all, really, um, in terms of the look, the image, the sound, um, the performance, the setup on the stage. It was, you know, it, it's not, it, I don't mean to sound this in a cocky way, but I don't normally get, you know, kind of almost stuck back by a yeah. performance yeah I don't and in all fairness I wasn't too aware of the different members and stuff like I'm not very much a prominent person in the scene so it's very rare I do get starstruck by anyone but I was just taken aback by just how good the band were um, in every sense of the word I mean they, they've they gone on to do amazingly and they deserve every minute of it really because they, they, they really are it live anyway i mean i've had the place to see them live three times and it was just it was a great experience too i mean it was the first time we played in scotland and we're quite lucky in leeds and liverpool to have 
quite a decent following. So um, we had quite a lot of people down for the show in Leeds and in Liverpool especially. We had like about, you know, probably close to 100 people there to watch us. So it, it was a cool experience. Um, but yeah, they're going to go on to do really, really huge things. And Honestly, it, like it, I said, not that long ago, I'm like, in 20 years' time, I genuinely think people at university studying music business are going to read about static dressing or marketing. It's insane. They're marketing. I think that's the thing that impressed me the most about them. I mean, I the way they marketed their, their shit was the coolest thing I've ever seen in my life. That's I've not thing, seen a band like, do it like that. You know, they're so consistent as well. Like they're still doing it, and it's, it's absolutely flawless. <laughs> I love the fact that even they do guess, guess the coordinates of where we're playing. That shit's fucking cool, man. I would never have thought about that shit. And, um, yeah, I was in awe. I was in awe. I really was. And don't get me wrong, I'm not, you know, I'm not someone who's a fanboy. You know, I'm not I'm not someone who's known even Ollie Appleyard for throughout the whole scene and I'm sat here licking his ass because I've got no reason to. You know, I, I, I didn't know him before the Static Death Tour. I had no idea who, who he was, didn't know who Static Death were. So I, I'm, I suppose the point I'm trying to get across, it's not at this, I was out the scene, but it's more me just kind of getting across that. I had no reason to be in all of them. You know, I didn't, for all intents and purposes, I didn't know who any of them were. They were just a random band to me until I seen them play. And when I did see them play, I was like, fucking, this is something just a little bit different, you know? And I know we've, I have a band, we've took influence of what they've done. And I know when we next do some shit, we don't want to do the same sound because I think that's disingenuous. And I think it's, I think it's, I don't want, I, I, I try to avoid, it's unavoidable sometimes, right? So like all of our songs are, clearly derivative of title five basements you know that's that's where the influence comes from it is unavoidable but um I, I, even now i mean I, I speak to the lads in the band a lot and my girlfriend a lot about how my favorite artist currently is king cruel um for the reason he's my favorite artist is because he's a really unique sound he doesn't copy one specific sound and that for me is really impressive you know i, I think that's cool because your first few songs, you're always going to be sounding similar to someone else because you're going to take influence from something. You know, it's it, it's bog standard stuff. But I know when I've spoke to uh, you know, my bandmates, I've we've all made it clear that I don't want to do that kind of basement title fight sound. I want to escape from everything and I want to do something completely unique, something completely original. Um, whether that be a success or not, I couldn't really give a fuck. To be fair, I just want to do something where I look at and go, shit, like. I look at the likes of David Bowie. You know, David Bowie's probably my favourite artist, Ban on. He's my biggest influence as well, um, in terms of being a musician. Um, my dad brought me up on him. Um, you know, I think he's in every sense of the words the pinnacle of what a musician should be. Um, people might disagree with that, but I just when I look at him, I just think, my God, this is incredible. And it's for the reason that he didn't try and copy anything. He just did his own thing and he just put himself out there dressing in fucking tights in the 70s probably getting called a fucking you know gay and all these kinds of shitty homophobic slayers in the time when it wasn't accepted I mean he came over to England and dressed as a woman which is incredible it's in, it's incredible to do that in the 70s I mean 
it takes bollocks now to do that, let alone in the 70s, you know. And I, although that's not what I want to do personally, because that would feel disingenuous for me, because it's not something that I would do, but I just want to kind of encapsulate that feeling of uniqueness, if you kind of get what I'm saying. Yeah, like obviously, like just authenticity, I guess. Yeah, yeah. Um, albeit it's always gonna. I mean, I literally did my dissertation. So, going off topic a little bit here, my um, my degree was on screenwriting. I kind of did my degree on writing films and movies and stuff like that. Um, and I did my dissertation on the basis of how no movie idea is original, right? And I think that could be sand. That could also be kind of pushed over to music right i think in this day and age it's almost an impossibility to make something truly unique but i think as a musician you've got to push yourself as close as you can to do something that's not been here before i think that's so important and if you do do something that you take inspiration from i don't judge anyone for that don't get me wrong i think there's a place for that too because there's a reason why stuff works if I listen to a pop-punk band that sounds a bit like Neck Deep, I don't look down on that because there's a place for that because it works. It's a good sound and there's a place for it. But I don't know about you, but for me personally, I would just love the idea of doing something that just in its own right is just a little bit different. You know, whether it be derivative of, and it always will be derivative of certain artists, you know, you can't avoid that, but in the same sense, I said about King Cruel, when I listen to King Cruel's music, I sit there and think, my God, you've took aspects from the punk scene, the jazz scene, the rap scene, all these different things, and you've fucking just put them together. And that's cool as fuck. That's that's a cool thing to do. And I kind of want to encapsulate that kind of feeling too. You know? I definitely think yeah. you guys are obviously capable of blending more stuff, like you said, just a young band. And you've got Still more releases to come, yeah. Yeah, yeah. But going back to the tours and that, that we have been lucky. I mean, we've unfortunately missed out on a European tour this summer because of COVID. Um, we were planning on doing a few dates in Europe, um, which is a shame. Would have been cool. Would have been a nice thing to, you know, tell the kids that I'd done a tour in Europe and stuff like that. Um, if you know, not that, hopefully when, uh, you know, everything kind of settles and live music is a reality, and you know, UK EU relations are somewhat manageable for the music industry. Oh, fuck no. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, just gotta keep on kind of hoping it'll get to that stage. But you know, I'm very confident you guys will manage to go over to Europe at some point. I hope so. You know, the only fear that I have personally is that with what's gone on, we've kinda I wanted to after that album drops, all I wanted to do was tour, tour and tour and tour and tour and tour. Um to push it. You know, I wanted to I want everyone to know about Skate. You know, I want every fucking, you know, I want every cunt in the world to know about it, whether they like it or not. I, I, I want the hate as much as the like. You know, if it's a view, it's a view to me. And it doesn't, not that it means that much to me, but I just want to spread that word. And, you know, I want the feedback too. You know, I, I want to hear people say that's shite. And I want to hear people say that's amazing. That's changed my life. I think it's so, so important, I suppose. Right. You know, I, I, it's key. And I just think it's a shame that when we did drop the album, we haven't really been able to capitalise on any any kind of hype. And it's been, in my opinion, a bit of a detriment to us. You know, uh, we, we definitely will. As soon as we can, we're going to be jumping state on the road. I know we are. Um, 
we've got plans. We have got a new lineup, which is what we're putting together. Like I mentioned, I'm not going to go into detail about this because it's not really my situation to talk about, of course, but we did have to kick a member of the band out. So we've had to have a reshuffle of members and get a couple more people in, um, which, in my opinion, has been good for us. I think it's been to our benefit. I think it's made us stronger. And the music we're writing now, I think it's a lot better than what we were doing before, in my opinion. Um, a lot more unique, a lot more individual, um, less kind of put in a particular scene, if you get what I mean. Rather than pushing for an emo kind of sound, it's, I don't give a fuck about the sounds. Let's just do what we want to do, right? Which is what I would rather do. But yeah, as soon as we can, we're going to be touring the shitload. Um, definitely through the UK, but um, yeah, the experience I've had before, that was, it was the first time I've ever been out the city playing shows, and it was incredible. I've never experienced anything like it. It was, I mean, I can't really put it into words, to be honest with you, I mean, just the feeling of being in a car together with a few cans in the back, and we're just having a few bevies, and on our way to Leeds, or Sheffield, or Glasgow, or, you know, wherever it might be, with a few of the lads, and we're having a few bevies, it's it's unreal. Uh, that, to me, is the pinnacle of what being in a band is about. I think it's it's bonding. It's it's like a holiday. That's how I describe it. It's better than in a holiday. You know, you might be going to Yorkshire, which is pissing down in rain, but you're still there going, and with lads I love, I'm playing music I love, and whether there's five people or 105 people, it doesn't really matter. Because you know, I'm, I'm having a good time with it. If you get what I mean, I'm sure you you know you know exactly what I'm talking about. I'm sure. Yeah, but... I get that, man. Like when um, we got to play Liverpool for the first time, obviously being a Glasgow band, it was like going home for me. You know, yeah. playing songs in front of like my mum and my brothers and stuff it, it, that I normally wouldn't have got to do. You know, it's def- it's a surreal feeling just getting out of well, just your little bubble. For a while. Definitely, I think the travel down too. I always describe any gigs I play my least enjoyable part is the gig itself when we play in you know in a weird way that's the part i least enjoy it's the before and after i enjoy the most i absolutely thrive for the the atmosphere of us all being excited and like well, fucking we're going to glasgow we're, we're <laughs> yeah exactly, show, you know right. this kind of thing and and afterwards when you've got different people coming up to you meeting different people and they're saying to you really lovely things about the band and I, I couldn't take that for granted. I mean, the stuff it does for your confidence, it's it's incredible. And, you know, as someone who does struggle with the confidence, it's been, uh, you know, I put that down to part of the reason why I, I met my girlfriend. You know, I, I don't think without the band and the confidence that enabled me to have, I don't think I would have been able to meet, meet my girlfriend and, you know, being successful in quote unquote and the way I have, I suppose, in us being together. And, um. I just think it's the same thing I always say to people like being in the band has so many benefits that you don't even realize. Ones that aren't the... even musical sometimes, I guess. Like, yeah, it gives you a tongues. massive part of identity and stuff. Definitely, you feel belonging to something, you feel confident about something. And, you know, I feel like it's not, I'm not alone in this. So many people struggle with confidence. Like, it's not an uncommon thing for our generation to, you know, it's actually really common for people to have low self esteem and for, to struggle with where their place is in the world. But I know for me personally, I look at what we've done as a band and that gives me that security and thinking, actually, 
I don't need to be so hard on myself. Maybe I do need to give myself a bit more credit, which is you, you, you can't buy that shit. You, you actually can't buy that shit. Like, this is so hard to come by. People spend thousands on therapy to get that feeling, you know, and it wouldn't be the same for every single person, I'm sure. But I would always, like I said, I would always recommend anyone to pick up an instrument, start a band. Don't give a fuck about where you end up. Don't give a fuck about how successful you get. The benefits mentally it'll give you is untouched. untouched. 100% agree, man. I think just having a creative outlet of any type, it mostly has benefits. Also, it can be quite terrifying, you know, bones exposed, that kind of thing, but it can be so rewarding. I think it pushes you out of your comfort zone too, which is important because I'm someone who doesn't generally go out of the comfort zone. You know, as a general rule, I'm a safety kind of guy. And without that being flung into a situation where I'm not just out of my comfort zone, but I'm at times, I've been stood in front of 70, 80, 100 people, and I've then got to perform in front of them. It's a terrifying experience, but it's amazing too, because you come off that stage thinking, wow, I was able to do that. You know, that and... It's not just limited to a band thing. I mean, even when I've been writing films and stuff like that, as you say, that creative outlet, I think that's, it's integral. You know, anyone who is struggling with mental stuff, it's not going to cure your problems having an outlet. It never will. There's stuff you need to do alongside that. You need to work on yourself. You need to maybe go to therapy. You need to do these kind of things. But having that creative outlet, it's it's amazing and it, it really does push you to want to better yourself to want to work on yourself because you know for me personally when I was in decay and when we did start to do a little bit better I was like I don't want to be a trouble for these lads in this band I want to work on myself I want to you know be the best person I can be I want to be the most confident version of myself because it's important that I'm giving that impression off to the people who are watching us laugh you know Definitely, you hit the nail on the head, man. So obviously, it can be a massively good thing, but it needs to be accompanied by other aspects of life, obviously. Yeah, yeah, it's not just, you can't just focus solely on that. I mean, for me personally, without going too deep, at, what, three in the morning? Um, you know, <laughs> it is, yeah, it's three, three in the morning, and we're, we're talking about bands and tours, and, you know, <laughs> God knows where <laughs> this we're is going, the life. Yeah, for me personally, like that could never have been the sole thing. Like, you know, I personally went to therapy myself and it was a massive positive in my life because without that, I probably wouldn't have been where I am now. You know, and I think you do need to accompany it with that stuff. But I just think having that creative outlet, whatever it might be, whether it be painting, whether it be music, whether it be writing, whatever it might be. And think that's important as well. It doesn't matter whether you're shit at it or good at it. It really doesn't matter. Like, the most important thing to me is how it makes you feel. You could be the worst writer in the world. You could be absolutely awful, but if that's what gives you that drive to make you feel better, fucking keep it up because you're only going to get better. You know, you're only ever going to get better at that stuff. It, it all comes with practice too. And it's important to remember that, I think, too, because my girlfriend right now, she's learning the bass with me and she's a lot of the time disheartened about she compares herself to me playing the bass and I've played for 13, 14 years now and she looks at me and goes oh, fucking. it's actually almost frustrating watching you just blah, 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 you know, do all this mad shit and I'm still struggling to do this and I'm like, fuck that 
you got to start somewhere. You're only going to get better. You know, you're only ever going to get better. Yeah, definitely, man. Like, I think that's fine. You just need to keep at it. Like, you guys are clearly doing that. And I'm sure you're going to explore so many different creative avenues. Have you ever kind of thought about how your uh, your degree might come in handy in other creative aspects of the band? Yeah, I mean, not just a band. I mean, in on face value, it's a useless degree. But I use it to my advantage even in a corporate sense, in the work sense. You know, like, if I have an interview, I sell me shit based on my degree because, to me, Someone doing a music degree on the face of it might be useless. Someone doing a screenwriting degree might be useless. But to me, it's not because it allows you to access parts of your brain that other people would never be able to, right? And especially in music too. I mean, for me personally, we've been writing um, our next set of songs. And I won't go into too much detail because it's so far off being done. But I've been responsible for writing a narrative for the song, right? So we want to rather than doing an emotional track by track album like what we've been doing so far, I had a word with our singer, Danny, and I said to him, listen, I want to do a concept album. I want to do an album solely based around almost like that. Did you ever listen to that Ask Monkeys album? The um, the last one they put out, the, um, what's it called? I don't know the album you're on about. It's the one that sounded really similar to Alex's solo stuff, didn't it? Like, yeah. That's yeah. yeah. Um, do, do you know what the, what's the name of that? Yeah. Tranquility. 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 Anyways, I think the point <laughs> I'm making, I've, I, I listened to that and some even some low stuff, shit like this, and I thought, oh, you know what? That's cool as fuck, that concepty kind of thing. So I took that screenwriting aspect of my life, that, narrative aspect and even though I was trained in a academic sense to write screenplays solely that was all I was trained to do I've now passed that forward into a music sense and going actually I've been taught how to write a really good narrative like I'm I'm, I'm really good at writing a narrative that's what my strengths are that's probably one of my key strengths now in writing a narrative that fully transfers into the concept album kind of thing that we're kind of looking to do and in a similar sense, you know, as I say, anyone maybe listening to who's doing what they might think is a useless degree, just like I did, is it fuck useless? I mean, big that shit up in an interview like I do. I mean, like I had an interview the other week and I got the job for it really, but they asked me about this kind of screenwriting thing and I, you know, my first point of view was turning around and going, you know what, like, it allows me to think in a different aspect. What you need in a social media aspect, how can I make short films to increase the business. I think all this creative stuff, it doesn't just impact in other creative aspects. It can have a really big impact in even shit that you think is not what you're about in a corporate sense. Yeah, I guess like um, that with all creative things, like you learn a lot of transferable skills. I mean, look at this. um, (laughs) I've never recorded a podcast in my life until this week and I guarantee it's going to do the world a good Definitely, no, definitely, and I think even when you go to, say, for instance, you ended up working for, I don't know, a fucking payroll company, right? The shit that you're learning via music, via podcasting, via, right now we're interacting, right? We're just, you know, as... Networking, communicating, that kind of thing, yeah. Exactly. All that shit's transferable, and I always see so many people who kind of put their 
skills down because they think it only directly relates to a creative sense, which is bullshit. It's absolute bullshit. I mean, if you're a musician, you've probably done more networking than any hedge fund manager has in a life, right? Do you see what I'm saying? And Definitely, man. They wouldn't realise that because they look at that kind of job and go, oh, that's not me. That's not for me. Which, don't get me wrong, like, the job I do, it's it's not my passion. But you're mad if you think I won't use every aspect of what I've learned through music, screenwriting, being a creative person. I'm going to use all that shit to make me the most money I can because that's, that's the fucking aim of the game at the end of the day. I mean, I'm not, I'm not a materialistic guy and I'm not a capitalist by any sense, but my dad always makes the point to say to me, money makes the world go around, right? You need to use this shit to your advantage. And I always will, you know, and I think people should. I, it actually breaks me out of it when I see people going, oh, you know, if it's if I don't get a job in acting, then I'm not going to get a job. Oh, fuck that. You're probably not going to get a job in acting. You're probably not going to be a famous musician. That's the reality of life. Like, if it happens, that's fantastic. But you're in a 1% of people that that happens for. That's the reality of where we live in, right? And the only people that will sit there and tell you to follow your dreams are fucking people who have already achieved the dreams because they've got nothing to lose, right? <laughs> they've got fuck all to lose. Whereas, the way I look at it, I, 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 the reason I see my music as a hobby is solely because I know for a fact if I don't put my all into a corporate kind of realistic sense, I'm going to be fucked. I'm going to be absolutely skimped for the rest of my life living with my mum and dad. And I don't want that. When I have kids, I want to be rich. I want to make all kinds of fucking money to give them everything. And I want to give my girlfriend a lovely house and a lovely car and all this kind of shit. And I, I you know, it. it I'm going off topic a little bit here, I suppose. No, no, that's definitely on topic, man. It's all relevant. I just think I just think it's a bad mindset where people it's good to be it's good to be the determined to follow your dreams, right? And it's good to put a lot of energy in. But I think it's also important to be a realist and go, you know what? This mightn't happen for me. This this mightn't be a thing where I make millions and millions of pounds off. And that's okay. Right, I seen a good quote from someone on a um on an interview somewhere. I can't remember the fellow's name, but he turned around and said, "Do you think a a a, a tax um a tax lawyer kind of job? Do you think he grew up as a young child with a passion for tax? Not a chance. The only reason he had a passion for that shit is because it enables him to live his life, right? Like that. That's it. And you might be." solely a creative person because I would believe me to be in that mold of person but I think it's important to use that shit in your day-to-day job life too work your way up on that shit like you know take that I would it, my advice always take that more serious in a sense than what you're doing creatively because you've got to be a lucky lucky person for the creative project to take off it's really unlikely, really, really unlikely to take off. It's almost impossible when you look at the odds. Do you know what I mean? It's as likely as winning the lottery. If it does, fantastic. But use that skills that you've honed from that in your personal job life too, you know. Yeah, definitely, man. It can, uh, it can bleed into other aspects of your life, as I think it often does, because it's such a massive part of your identity. Definitely. But yeah, moving on anyway, man, I just want to touch up on some, you know, like, I guess if you could have anybody on tour with Decay, like anybody at all, it could be a massive 
variety of genres. Who would you pick? King Cruel, always. I think I saw that one coming, yeah. Would yeah, you have I any mean, other like support acts, you know? It, Pixies. Pixies? Um, I, yeah, I think the cool thing about the Pixies I like is they're so simple. Um, and uh, what, what I do quite like about Pixies too is they were post-punk before post-punk was a thing, if you kind of get what I mean. Um, they were the Joy Division of the 80s. It, it, even though Joy Division were operating in the 80s, I suppose, but they were the... I, th- I can't really describe what I like about it, but beyond them, if we're talking dead or alive too, Bowie. I mean, Bowie, I wouldn't want him to support me. I'd be ashamed if he supported us. I'd want him to be the main headliner <laughs> if I could, you know. Um, in all fairness, I mean, there's plenty. I mean, another, you know, great set of artists. I wouldn't put them on our tour because it wouldn't suit the vibe, I suppose. But um, Wu-Tang Clan. Um, you know, that would actually be wild, just decaying in Wu-Tang Clan. Yeah, I mean, I actually see Method Man and Redman live, um, but I don't know, Wu-Tang Clan, um, Method Man, I'm not the most clued up with rap, but 90s rap, especially Wu-Tang Clan. Um, 36 Chambers, I think it's my favourite album of all time. Um, the lyrics in it, the honesty, the brutal rawness of it, just really strikes me. I think it's fucking cool as fuck. And um, Method Man as a rapper too, he's probably to me the most I mean just a little quick fact um on Biggie's debut album um he didn't have any featured artists by Method Man um on one song and he's the only artist I've heard that could go back to back with Biggie as a rapper. Um I don't want to go off a tangent here but yeah Method Man's got the best flow in the game you know of all time in my opinion. Um but yeah if I was if I was gonna pick a three I'd go King Cruel, Wu-Tang, um, and if we're saying Dead or Alive, Pixies. Nah, that's a oh. song. Nah, baby. Yeah, you can't go yeah. wrong. Yeah, you can't yeah. go wrong, can you? Yeah, yeah, you can't go wrong. <laughs> that would be a bang. Um, I can just imagine you guys like opening the set with obviously like, some of the songs off the EP in the album, and then up next... I'd feel ashamed, man. I, 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 couldn't, I wouldn't want to play our songs next to them, because I'd be like, oh my God, these are fucking too good for us. <laughs> just, <laughs> just a full set of Wu-Tang Clan covers, but oh, like amazing. in the style of the cake. <laughs> Have you ever actually thought about when I, doing something like that? Like, you know, just taking a completely like spontaneous song that you love and just giving it your spin. It it, it wouldn't happen because yeah, the you know, especially Danny, I don't think he would let it happen. Um, but I would love it. I mean, uh, my music taste is quite varied. I'd love to do an album cover. That's something I've been trying to push, push quite know, hard. Man. Yeah, that could be like a cool. Um... Cool little collab in the future with something you really, really love but wouldn't expect on a song. It's happened before. I think, like I said, like the Jay Z in Lincoln Park, that... was it? That was a pretty, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, a, yeah, exactly. exactly. So, you know, maybe um, I'd love that shit. Absolutely love that shit. The K Feet Wu Tang Clan. No, no. Mate, if, if that was ever a thing, I would be start that that would be actually starstruck i mean I, like i said i did actually have the pleasure to see um, method man and red man live in liverpool and it was the best concert i've ever been to i mean um without getting too um fucking <laughs> drug heavy um the whole show was hotbox everyone was smoking weed in there um, <laughs> method man and red man came on to the stage smoking weed you know um my mate actually Feel free to cut this out if this is a bit too heavy, but um, oh, oh, yeah. 
No, 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 no. You can keep recording. Right, I don't okay, mind okay. keeping this so, in. Yeah, no, 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 no. Yeah, I don't mind, but just in case you think, you know, you want to cut up, but yeah. Um, yeah, my mate actually had to. <laughs> we pre-rolled them um, twenty spliffs, and he we put them all into a cigarette like kind of pouch, and he put the cigarette pouch between his eye cheeks <laughs> to get them in. <laughs> uh, oh no! Yeah, which was. Rough, but no, it was cool. It was a fucking cool gig, man. Yeah, it was probably one of my favorite gigs ever. They were like, the energy they had was cool. Yeah, <laughs> this is more natural music media exclusive. <laughs> 18 plus. Yeah, oh, absolutely, 18 plus. Yeah, man. <laughs> yeah. I've had to aim, tone myself down, to be honest with you, Jamie. I, you know, I was, um, even though you said, oh, you can swear, and then I thought, right, I'm going to try and be good. I'm going to try and be. <laughs> I, I think I've mentioned that of the lads in the band. I'm probably the. Um, I hate to say it, it sounds like a fucking bit of a meme, but the wild one, I suppose. <laughs> <laughs> that, that's cool, man. Every band has them, to be fair. Honestly, man, thank you so much for coming on. We've covered a lot of really cool stories and topics. You guys have had a very vibrant, uh, I guess, start to the career, because I know there's plenty more to come. You guys are yeah. just getting started. For sure. So, yeah. yeah, Thank you so much for uh, chatting to me. No, no, honestly, Jamie, thanks for having me. And um, do you want to just plug all your socials and stuff so everybody knows where to find you? Um, I won't plug my own because fuck that. Yeah. I don't want to be too. Together, <laughs> yeah, of but... course. Yeah, just plug the band, man. That's cool. Um, yeah, decay, decay the bands. That's um, you know, I think that's Twitter, Instagram. Um, but also, you know, fuck me plug. If you find us fantastic, if you don't like us, feel free to give us a little bit of ace. I love it. It's great. <laughs> um, it's all good. Um, no, but honestly, Jamie, nice one for having us. And also, thank you so much, man. Before we finish, let me plug your band, the Delta. <laughs> um, and also, he's a fucking nice guy, too. He's a fucking good Thank guy. Thank you, man. 